back to Living in Love 24-7, the podcast. It's your girl, Sparkle, and your girl, Casey. What's up? Y'all, today we are super excited because we have a guest with us. And let me tell you first what we're talking about. We are talking about five ways to spice it up in the bedroom. And we have sex coach with us, Jackie Green. Yes! So we're going to go ahead and go up, girl. Tell me. Greeley, I'm sorry. Greeley. Okay, Jackie Greeley. I'm sorry. See, Casey had me screw it up. But let me tell y'all, we're gonna we're gonna let Jackie go ahead and give her a little intro. But first, let me just explain uh, what we're gonna be doing today. Um, oftentimes, you know, we in relationships, we get hit with a dry spell and find ourselves falling into routine in our sex lives. Me personally, I don't think um, sex should be routine, nor should it happen out of schedule. But we invited Jackie, um, who is a sex coach, to give us some tips and fun, unique ways that we can step out of our comfort zone in order to spice things up. So, Jackie, go ahead. Tell us who you are. Tell us about um, what you do and how you got into this field. Good morning. Thanks so much again for this opportunity. So, um, yes, I am Coach Jackie. I am a life and sexuality coach. And I really got into um, talking about sex at an early age. Um, I was that kid who um, was very curious and inquisitive about the human body, human sexuality human behavior in relation to sexuality. I wasn't afraid of my body. I was a dancer, so I did ballet, tap, all of that. So I was comfortable with my body. And so I was very expressive and I was very um, just open. And so I, I would, wanted to talk about sex with my friends and look at this STD and this is what will happen if you don't, you know, I was that, <laughs> I was that kid. And so, um, as I grew up, though, and as I was learning more about who I was as a woman and what I liked and what I didn't like, um, I realized that there were a lot of women who were like me who um, who knew themselves, but they couldn't express that more intimate side of themselves with their partner because they didn't want to be seen as a whore, a slut, you know, she runs around, any of that. And so part of my work in that led me up to pursuing, um, to becoming a sexologist was wanting to empower women to feel confident in their bodies, to feel um, no shame around who they were. Um, and so last year I started my, and that's, that's been my life's work really, but Last year, I started the process in actually being certified as a sex coach and becoming a sexologist. And um, it's really just another um, layer to what I do and how I support women. And um, I'm really learning many different ways and how I can use this particular training and expertise. Um, and I have some really exciting tips to share. Um, some that may be a little bit unconventional, but um, it's also some of the tips that I will, I will be providing are um, things that I have done some research on. So it's not like I'm just throwing stuff out there. I, I kind of live <laughs> what I talk about. Um, and I think that's one of the ways that makes what I do um, more applicable to 
to life because I'm not just telling you, oh, go do this. I kind of done it. So I kind of know, you know, the background and, and how to help couples, but, but particularly women navigate through some of the things I'm going to share today. Oh my God. I love, love, love it. Like I am so excited y'all to hear all of this stuff. Me being a newlywed, like I am super ready, even though I don't mind getting Look, freaky, but still. No, that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's what I was about to say when she said unconventional, unconventional I'm a great show behind. I got no sparkles ready. Everything, tried everything already. Uh, but one thing I want to say that you said, I remember I was 19, 20 years old. It was 19. And I had an encounter with this guy that I was dating. And I did one thing. And he said, well, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, nobody. I just, you know, just did it. And so in my head, I was like, oh, so he think I'm running around. Yeah. And so it made me feel that he saw me in another way. So so when you said that we express ourselves, you know, freely, sexually, our partners may think, you know, we're a whore or we're, you know, whatever. It made me think about that moment because men will, you know, will do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I think that that prevents, that one experience can prevent women from doing anything else. Like, okay, we just want to do a missionary and don't bring in any, you know, but then... And 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 it causes this um, this barrier because now she doesn't feel like she can communicate, right? Or she has to do things in secret. I was, you know, I was talking with someone not too long ago about how we do things in secret that because we're we're ashamed, right? And so we think that nobody else is doing what we're doing, but there's actually a whole community of people. But we do things in shame and secrets and secrecy and wanting to be discreet, air quotes. Um, but that's a lot of the work that I do is helping women find their voice to say, I am not these things. But if I want to be a slut, I can be your slut. And let me show you what will make right. me want to, you know, this is how this is how I need to receive love, attention, affirmation, so that I can feel free to be your slut. <laughs> That's amazing. I, that, I totally love that because yeah, y'all have some good pointers already. You know, women do shut down when they feel like the man has is, is uncomfortable with the way that they're going with things sexually or in the bedroom, like you say. And you don't want to be shut down. You absolutely want to be comfortable and free and open to do all that you want to do with your, par- with your partner. So, like, yeah, this is amazing already. So let, let's just dive right in, Jackie. Talk to us, honey, please. And tell us all these good tips, info, yes. like all this greatness that you got about us being able to open up and be free in our sex lives and, and, and just empower us, please. Okay, absolutely. So the first tip I'm going to give um, is really basic. Toys. Um, using toys is probably one of the most cheapest um basic ways to add some spice into your your um your bedroom um toys can be used for mutual masturbation so say you know you're tired and your your partner is like let's get it in but i i'm not ready i'm, I'm tired whatever Throw, bring out the toys to help get the process started or to, hey, babe, take this flashlight and let me, I want to watch you jack off. You know, I'm 
sorry if I'm using a little bit <laughs> too explicit terms. Let me no, know. No, that's good. Do you think, girl? <laughs> you are good. Um, but, you know, using toys to get things started or to uh, use as, um, you know, as a as a go-between because you're tired or you're sick. Um, as we are, you know, getting older or as we face different health challenges, some of our body parts may not work like they used to. Um, and some people feel very um, self-conscious about erectile dysfunction or not being able to get lubricated or not being able to have an orgasm. So using toys is a good way to um, get things going again or to use as um, in addition to. So I remember a long time ago, I had um, had a partner and I had bought this toy that was, it was like a device that you put on your head, but it had like this you could put it on your thigh or wherever. And it had um, like a phallus attached to it. And so the purpose of it was to have a penetrative device while you were receiving head, basically. And that was like one of my favorite <laughs> toys. Um, but it's great for people who, for people who are experiencing erectile dysfunction, so they can still get that penetrative um Go, that penetrative sex happening um it can be used for oral sex like i said it's a device that goes on the head i think it was called the accommodator and you can get head while having a penetrative uh sensation as well you can put it on the thigh and have it be uh something that you ride on you you know so toys can be used to to go with any stage in life it doesn't mean that your per your person is not satisfying you it's another way to enhance what you have going on in the bedroom um so so jackie let me take one yes. pause because i do have a question now you have you throw all this great information at us so about using toys my question is is how should couples introduce toys if this is a whole new concept for them because okay. some couples are not even for real into it, using it, don't really know much about it, are feeling un or feeling uncomfortable with even introducing the idea or concept to their partner. So what is a good way to even introduce that concept in the bedroom? Good question. So one of the things that I always um, suggest to the women that I'm working with um, is to, it's the, again, a very basic, but it can do a lot, is to talk. So there are a lot of resources out there where you can do little games like 20 questions. So pulling a book and just saying, okay, let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Let's, what are some of the things that you like done to you in the bedroom? What are some things that feels good to you? So even though you may have been with someone for years or months, you don't, you may not know everything about them. And again, there may be something that they're not sharing with you. So actually sitting down and talking, taking the sex out of it, taking the sensual out of it. We're just sitting at the at the breakfast table eating, you know, scrambled eggs, grits, and some toast. You know, let's talk. And, and talking about some of those things that um, we have interest in and then saying, well, what do you think about, um, I saw, you know, bedroom kisses and they have this really cute like lipstick 
but it's really, you know, a vibrator. Can I, what do you think about that? So asking those questions, well, what do you think about? And seeing what your partner has to say. Maybe they're like, well, I don't need no toys. You know, I got, I got everything you need. Okay, fine. But what about, you know, teasing? You know, so really talking about what it is that you like. And then when you're feeling like your partner has some resistance, not don't shut down and don't walk away feeling like, okay, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. But just keep introducing things, not in a forceful way, but just saying, hey, we're, well, you may be watching TV. Hey, I really, that looks like that could be interesting. I think I'm going to buy it. And sometimes that may just be you saying, okay, okay, we're going to do something. <laughs> and taking the initiative to buy it and then bringing it to the bedroom to say, look what so-and-so gave me, even though you bought it. Look what so-and-so gave me. I wonder what this will do, you know? And that may lead. And again, doing things like um, self-masturbation where you take the initiative, you bring the toy, and you put your person in front of you and say, watch this. And then you go to town with that toy. And that also brings in um, showing your partner what you like. Like, it's not saying that you're not doing a good job at what you do, but this is how we can enhance it. And that, and that is one of the benefits of having toys or trying to introduce toys into your, into your bedroom. I know some people definitely are not, you know, a fan of using toys because they just was like, oh, I never even thought about that. Or I don't think he comfortable. I don't think she comfortable, you know? So that is amazing how, um, you know, you gave us all that insight. I, I you said some things about, you know, conversation to introduce the idea. And some people, you know, it really, that's all it takes because I know even with us, Jermaine is funny. He likes <laughs> conversation, mental stimulation prior to getting in. Like that's a turn on. And I'm just like, really? Come on, that's old yes. I'm ready to hit the sack, you know? Yes. <laughs> but I, I totally <laughs> dive in, you know, I try to have the conversation. I try to be available and try to, you know, meet him where he needs because that's important. You got to know what stimulates them in order to, for them to receive, um, like, you know, what you're trying to introduce. So I think that's really, really good. Go ahead, Jackie. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I was going to say, sapiosexuals are a real thing. They are turned on by the mind, right? Like, so they want, they need to feel a, a mental connection with someone in order, because that just blows their mind. Like, it makes them want to do even more crazy things to you, you know? And so I think sometimes people forget, like, that can really be the biggest piece to foreplay is mental stimulation is talking it and some but for some people it's like i don't need all that like you said let's get right to it <laughs> right but others it really is like let me just talk to you and get into your get inside your head to see where you're at because that just really that makes you more attractive to them that really you know that they want to connect more with you um they feel sexual. Okay, I learned yeah. a new word today. Thank you, honey. I'm write that down. Drop that on here and be like, guess what I learned, babe? And you can yeah. bring the voice down real low, you know, and <laughs> look what I learned today, babe. Play with it. Play with yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Number, number two. <laughs> the next one is fantasy play. So fantasy play is your old school role playing, right? Yeah. Like, so it's the 
um, the teacher and the bad student. It's the nurse and the doctor. Um, and sometimes this is something that can really take people out of their comfort zone because um, in a way, fantasy is playing on mental thoughts that not necessarily are bad, but they may come from some of the, like the darker recesses of our mind. Not to say it's anything that is problematic, but a fantasy is really something that's just in the mind that's not played out. It doesn't mean that that's what that person wants. It just is something that excites them. And I think what we have to remember about um, human behavior is that we all have a darker side to us. That doesn't mean that we're bad people or that we're you know, going to act out on things that would be considered um, like put you in a jailhouse, right? But that's human nature. We have a light and a dark. And sometimes what turns us on is tapped in our darker side. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I don't want people to underthink that fantasy play or role play is about tapping into darker side. There are some things that are just very don't cross a line. And then there's some that are really just for play. So fantasy and role playing can help you with um, stepping out of the norm, like just doing something different. And it doesn't even have to be about putting on a costume or a persona, it really could be like, okay, let's do, and this is one that you see all the time. Let's go to a bar and let me hit on you, right? In front of, you know, you've seen that in movies where like couples will do that, like, you know, beautiful woman at the bar and this handsome guy comes up and, you know, he tries to woo her away. And she's like, I have a husband. That's really her husband, right? So that's, that. It's exciting to some people. Putting on a costume, though, is exciting for people. A wig. Um, I think Meg the Stallion says something about that. And put him on different wigs to make feel like he's cheating. Like, it just, not that's a whole other story. But it's, it's using <laughs> props or costumes to tap into something that is not the norm, that is not all this. So you may find yourself in a slap, in a, in a, slump in a dry dry space in your relationship and you know switching it up on your partner one day with coming home with a different hairstyle or wearing something that you would not typically wear um saying something <laughs> that you would not typically say um those are all parts of fantasy role play that can really ignite and give that your your partner a different perspective of you that not seeing you as that person, but just knowing that you are willing to do something different. Love that. I love that. I haven't done the clothing part, but I have done the, you know, hey, hey is your wife around? Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, when you marry and yeah. 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 It's fun. It's fun. It kind of just lightens, you know, the mood. Me and Charles was having a conversation last night, well, like two this morning, and talking about, you know, trust and vulnerability with your partner, that if we can't open up to anybody outside of here, we should be able to be free and open up with our partners. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is really tied in, you know, do you really trust your partner, you know, to allow yourself to be vulnerable and be open to trying new things? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of what we're talking about today and the basis of that is talking is communication. Um, the next one is completely non-sexual, but doing a hobby Sometimes couples need to get outside of their home, outside of their their normal scheduled lives and do something outside of home that is just for the two of them or gives them something to look forward to, you know, during during the week. So go do a paint and sip, do a pottery class, do something outside of your home that reminds the two of you why you're together, <laughs> you know, not talking about the kids or the house or jobs um, or anything like that, just reminding yourself of the friend that you have, right? And that's doing something non-sexual, non, you know, trying to, you know, let me fill you up right quick. It's really just let, and not doing dinners and like, yes, dinners and things like that are fine, but doing an activity together, sports, um, a dance class, doing a hobby that the two of you enjoy that really just solidifies the commitment that you have together. You know, like we're in this for however long we can, but it's not always easy. But this is a reminder of this is why we chose one another. And let's continue this going. So it's a very non-sexual but it's it's extremely connected because you're you're having to agree on something that you both like and as individuals you're not going to always like the same thing you're not going to have the same set of friends you know and being married or partnered or what have you and combining lives together sometimes we can forget that you are an individual right but in doing things that remind you of this is who I am. This is who you are. This is, and, and sometimes you do need that reminder to why you did fall in love with that person. What was there? You you found each other doing a mutual interest, right? So go back to that. Love that. And then enhancing that emotional connection. You kind of go take a step back a little bit and emotionally connect. So I I love that. I was thinking about the pottery. We're going to have to do that, me and Charlie. Because you got the little, you, that feels so smooth off the butt, and you put your hands in like a hole. It does have some sexual connotations, but, you know, there are other people around, so <laughs> you can make it platonic. So um, here's a, another tip is, I like to say, press play, record, delete. So in this day and age, you definitely have to be careful about what can be leaked on the internet. You know, we could be in love one minute and then, you know, we can't send each other. And now all my pictures and every, you know, text messages are posted on social media to see. We're living in that type of society today. But there's a little bit of excitement when you bring in a camera or a phone and just recording your love sessions or creating a video or taking some pictures for the person that you're with. And so I say press play, record, and delete is because maybe you just want to 
have that moment where you step outside the box and you do it, but you don't want you don't want to look at it forever. You, you know, you can just simply delete it. But that was a moment that you two shared. You watched it like, oh my gosh, I look like that. Like, you know, have fun with it. <laughs> um, and then, or you know, I like using recordings or pictures to um and there's like a whole science behind this, but people's facial expressions, like when they're getting aroused or orgasming, that is something that may be, a, you know, an interest of yours. So you want to see what your partner looks like when um, they're orgasming or like if, you know, your favorite position is doggy style or from the back, you want to see what his face looks like when he slides in, like, that's a turn on, right? Like I made him feel like that. Like, okay. Okay. So bringing in cameras and, and, and video just to capture the moment and then simply delete it. You, you have that moment, you know, um, you could also bring it up later. Like, man, I really, you know, I remembered how wet you were when we recorded, um, that night, or, you know, you can bring it up later to say like, that was amazing. Like, let's do it again or let's try something else, you know? So it, it can be used as a way to, to connect. You should have a party at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> like I am sitting here thinking about all of it. Like I love it. It is so good. It's so true. Yeah. And I'm, thinking, I'm thinking to myself like, man, what his face be looking like? Oh, I get the little tremors when I think back like this. Like I'm thinking all this stuff in my head, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> listeners, listeners, y'all better use your laptop. Don't lose, use your phones now. You hand your phone to your baby. You leave your phone later. Use your right. laptop, okay? And this yeah. is not my you know, professional experience, but I haven't done that, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Don't use your phone or a different phone that your your kids don't play, you know, their YouTube videos on. So this last tip I have is probably one of my favorites. And um, just to give a set up a little bit of context, um, for the past 10 or so years, I have been an active member of the BDSM community. And a lot of people know about BDSM from their exposure to Fifty Shades of Grey. It's a great series for people who are interested, but that's not my, that's not my exposure to BDSM. Um, I had the great opportunity to have people who had been in this lifestyle for years. Um, and maybe another episode, I can share how I found my mentor, who was actually someone I worked with in a community setting, and how I found her was completely just so crazy. But what people, and I don't, I'm not sure of the demographics of your, um, of your listeners, but when I first found out about kink, and BDSM, I just thought about it as what white people do. But my exposure was through a very strong, thriving Black community. And that has completely changed how I view my body, 
and taking ownership of what I like and what I don't like and the people that I have in my life. It's not always what we see on TV, though it is a huge part of it. It's so much more than that. So I have exploring BDSM as a tip because it tells you a lot about who you are, your interests, your kinks. That Remember that dark side I talked about a little bit earlier? Some of that yeah. is where BDSM comes in at. So as we know, BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism, it also is, um, so we see like the S&M, Rihanna talked about that. Um, we see, you know, when we see shows, we see um, it displayed as um, leather and whips and chains and all of that which are my favorite. But what is not always talked about is the relationship um, aspect of BDSM. You have dominant submissive, which is where the D and the S also come in from. Um, you have a master slave, which is also built into that M and S. Um, swingers is also another um area under BDSM, like BDSM is like the umbrella. There's a lot of different subgroups and cultures underneath that. Um, and so the dynamic, like the relationship dynamic hierarchical um, perspective is, um, and also to other people, but people don't really know about BDSM is that it has a lot of Christian air quote, um, ideology, right? And BDSM really did start in the military. <laughs> um, so that's where you have a lot of the structure come into place. Um, and you can see a lot of BDSM um, thoughts and philosophies paralleled with Christianity or with patriarchal type of religions. So and it does have, that is really the context of BDSM. So when we're talking about how to use that in um, spicing up your sex life, one of the ways in which um, there was a, a, a conference that was uh, very active for the past few years, a lot of, with COVID shut it down basically, but it was started by three women who had this, we, we were up in New Jersey, we were in Baltimore, Maryland, um, and I was a part of their conference as their body worker, like I would do yoga classes. And um, in my experience with BDSM, I've met a lot of couples who were using BDSM to explore in their relationship. Some of them would do, um, some of them were interested in the hierarchical aspect of it. So they wanted to have a dominant submissive or they wanted to have like a master slave relationship. And it wasn't always the male dominated and the, the male being the top or the dominant. Sometimes it was, they were exploring the woman being the dominant or the master and the husband or the boyfriend being the, in the submissive or slave role. So we have a space for partners to explore what 
to take out the traditional gender roles and to be in a space that welcomes that exploration, right? Um, you have couples who um, they they want to find ways in which they can do things other than quote unquote vanilla sex. Vanilla sex is very you know like you know yeah missionary you know doggy style. We start this and and like this and that's it. Kinky sex is using different implements like toys or paddles, whips, chains, fire, um, cupping, electroshock. <laughs> um, that may sound like extreme for some people, but that really is like you can use pretty much, you can go to the Dollar Tree and you can find implements to use in the bedroom. Um, so BDSM has been a... A way, is a way for couples to explore um, another level or another realm of their relationship. Um, and I think it just goes back to a practical use, a practicality of a relationship, which is communication and talking. Um, have, being able to tell your partner like, okay, I feel like I need something else. Part of the reason why people are in BDSM is because it serves a deeper intrinsic nature of them where, and I think I'm going to do something um, in the future about this, but BDSM can be used. A lot of people use BDSM to, to process through trauma. So you have a lot of, um, survivors of abuse who use BDSM to process what has happened to them and to and to give their power back, right, in a healthy way, right? It's a structure. Remember, we talked about BDSM being structured. They're able to do that in a structured way. It seems very out of the norm, but it's actually, if it's done correctly, it can be done in a very therapeutic way. Um, participating in BDSM is a form of self self care for people. Um, I will use myself as an example. One of the ways in which I enjoy my body being used is through impact play. Impact play is things like spanking. So it turns me off when a guy when I'm like, "Ooh, spank me," and he's like, "Bruh, no, that's not a spank." Put me through the wall, you know, consensually. <laughs> Put some force behind it. Like, I want your handprint to be on my butt. Like, that, you know, or I, and you, if you don't have to use your hand, I like paddles. I like flogging. Um, I like um, vampire gloves. I like spinky things. So, bastinado bastinado is using like a bamboo stick on the soles of your feet it's used as a torture device <laughs> in um other like other countries but done correctly it can be a very you're hitting upon your erogenous zone in your feet um so impact for me it's a release if i'm it it releases the oxytocin in my body to where if I'm really stressed or if I am so overwhelmed 
It allows me that release to cry. It is my self-care. It is a lot, it, it removes the weight on me, right? Like I'm trusting people to, to do this to me. Like, I'm not just like, oh, hey, can you like spank me, paddle me, beat me? Like, no, I'm not doing some regular Joe schmo off the street. Um, it's with someone that I trust. It's someone who I know is skilled in doing this, you know, um, and just to add another, uh, uh, what most people may not really know about this community is that it's probably one of the most informed and skilled people around. Like you're really, you're, it's a very, it's a risk. It's a very risky lifestyle. And in doing so, you have to know how to do certain things so that you don't take somebody's life, <laughs> honestly. So people are skilled in CPR and life-saving skills. They're skilled in using the implements that they use. Like, if I say I want you to spank me, don't just pull out your belt. Like, then that may, you don't know if I had childhood abuse where I was always abused with a belt right? Communication would know that using a belt as a form of discipline is a trigger for me. So if you, anybody can call themselves a dominant or a top and want to, and I think that's what makes this lifestyle very sexy for people is that they want to be able to control people, but it's, it's a lot of responsibility and doing it with a clear mind, doing it with communication and, and, and boundary setting, like knowing people's limits, right? Knowing your partner's limits, not just saying, oh, we're going to do this because I want to. Like, no, let's talk about this. Um, because it's it for some people, taking adding this element into their life can be very, um, it can make them very vulnerable, especially if you're going to take it from outside of the bedroom into a more public setting, which is what happens when couples are ready to take it to the next level like they want to be able to see other people doing what they're interested in right like you have to kind of go outside of the bedroom in order to see and meet other people that have the same interests as you and and so BDSM is a great way for excuse me couples to excuse me communicate more like okay when we do this these are our personal rules and boundaries like mm -hmm. we do things together we're not going to leave each other in a, you know we're not, not going to walk off and and be with somebody else um you know we don't we're not taking anybody home or if we want to take somebody home this is the parameters around Mutual that decision mutual decision communication 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 like that is what permeates every single tip um that i gave because that is the basis for anything that you're going to do to bring some spice into your life or to um to be able to be wild and free <laughs> in your relationship is communication and and really having those conversations that says yeah 
I thought about that, but such and such happened to me, you know, when I did this. Okay, let's talk about that. And your partner saying, I want you to get, I want you to be able to feel safe enough to explore this with me. So let's work on getting you okay in this area. And then we can bring, you know, the toys, we can bring the recording devices, we can bring another woman or another man into our, our bedroom, you know, like, and like, this is probably like a pseudo tip and an add on, but, um, your relationship is your relationship. Yes. It doesn't matter what your homegirl does or what your homeboy does, what your mom and your dad did or didn't do. It's your relationship. And it really doesn't matter what you do in your relationship if less the two of you decide. Like, it's what you two are comfortable with. So if you want to explore BDSM or you want to explore kinky lifestyle, if you want to have threesomes, foursomes, whatever, if you want to have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or you want to open up your, your relationship or you, or you want to be able to have your own, like, outside relationship or if you want to... Um, you know, whatever you want to do with your relationship, that's the two of you's decision. And what makes it work for the two of you is not going to look the same for somebody else. And more than likely, that they might be doing it too. I'm sorry. <laughs> they might be doing it too. They and might be doing it too. They might be doing it too. But you can't worry about what goes on and so a lot of times we do that we're about what people are gonna you know what they're gonna say about us what are they gonna think you know if we're doing this thing if we're exploring our bodies deeper if we're into bdsm we often think about the, the opinions of other people who are not in our homes i absolutely love 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 this conversation especially i'm studying kink a whole lot more so i would definitely i would definitely be a dominant <laughs> But I also like how you touched on the trauma piece because as I used to do a lot of trauma therapy, so I was going to say that, so I'm so glad you touched on that. And for some people, it's about them getting their control back and having control over their bodies, whereas at one point, they didn't feel they had that control. So thank you very much for for touching on on that piece. I will say that, you know what, I am not a therapist, but you, I was listening so hard, Jackie, when you talked about um, exploring BDSM, uh, how one, you definitely have to have a conversation about it. And then two, you have to be, I, I think, have to be healed from some things or know your triggers prior to going into something like that. Because so from my own experience, I have explored me and my husband with, um, you know, bondage and uh, some what do, you, what do you call it? I guess submission, right? So, and it was fun, you know, for the moment. And I tried to be in tune and connected to it and things like that. But to be bonded, honestly, started to make me feel like I was out of control and I, I couldn't then stay connected to us having sex. And I started feeling like kind of 
mm-hmm. a little bit of anxiety, I guess, you know, and I just started to be like, oh my God, am I comfortable? And I just, my eyes start filling up with water. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, I, it, I feel like that absolutely triggered something. Yeah. And then what I, we should have done was had a deeper conversation going in about maybe just, I don't know how to express that, how to express that, okay, this is enough, or this is a safe word, or this is a key. And, but we were absolutely open and we, you know, made it work and okay, got through it and it's all good. We talk because we like to have fun. We like to introduce things and we like to keep it sexy and spicy. But I, we, we should have been more educated going into that, like you said, and being able to understand what could happen or the therapeutic responses or results mm-hmm. from that. So I think that that was super key and that was definitely on point. You just have to be ready, do some research, have those safe words, have those communications prior yeah. to attempting it and prior to actually being <laughs> bonded, sparkle. In that community, because you know I'm a therapist, so they have those tabs when you're looking for therapists now, thank goodness, where they have things like kink and you can click that box to find someone that specializes in that area. So I'm glad they have that out there now and it's not, so much as a secret anymore because people live that lifestyle and they want to, if they have to go through a therapeutic process, they want to talk to someone who understands that. Gotcha. I think to Sparkle's point um, is that you sometimes you don't know until you actually get into it, right? So it's not like you should have known this. It was let's try it and not really realizing like okay how where 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 it can put you into in that mental space but what I think you said which is key is like afterwards you talked about it and you said okay now this is where we need to get a little bit more experience and knowledge about maybe and maybe it's the maybe not using handcuffs right as a form of bondage maybe it's using some other type of restrictive measure I think and it's, it's allowing you to be creative to say, okay, her trigger is handcuffs. So maybe a then, scar and not so tight and not so tight where not you so know tight. you're tied and you take yourself a loose or exactly. Right. Well, well, let me let me tell you what I learned, honest to God. And this is looking back, this is hindsight. And after doing my coaching with Casey, what I discovered was I had my own control issues that I could not submit to someone else and I learned that me being bonded like that made me feel like I was out of control and that mm-hmm. Casey in my coaching with her taught me that Sparkle you don't always have to be in control honestly you don't you know you need to relinquish that control and allow your husband to lead and to love you in the way that he wants to love you and we were just dating at the time but it was so key and that is kind of like what, what I related it to and how I understood that okay you know what if I can just move outside of my own mind and say that I don't have to be in control of this moment enjoy it sit back relax love it allow him to love on me and to do his thing and and, and you all good it's it's nothing hurting you it's nothing that you know whatever whatever triggers that you may be having from this just know it's your own control issues that you need to heal from get over and move forward and do whatever you need to do to heal so that you can enjoy this and accept that this is not him trying to um you know control over you it's just a, a way that you want to express your love making you know so it was all good i love now it. one thing trust yeah you're gonna continuously preach that trust communication if you don't trust your partner which i talk to a lot of folks that don't <laughs> if you don't trust your partner fully 
wait till you get to that place before you said, hey, let's try some more kinky stuff. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's turn on the camera. Yeah. Make sure you're in that place where you do, you know, trust your partner and know they're going to take care of you. That's true. You know what? Keep this in mind, too, though, because I and this is the th sucky part about things. <laughs> so when you do what if you are at a place where you trust your partner enough to attempt that right and to do all those things, turn the camera on, whatever, and then y'all break up. Now, what happens to those sex tapes and those videos and those pictures that you got out there with that person that you broke up with? Like, oh, man. So it kind of leaves us in a spot where you are you just have to really be mindful, know what you're getting yourself into, understand the risks, like um, Jackie was saying, uh, understand the risk and be adult enough to accept that if that's what you want to try. You know, it's just my opinion and my take on it because that has happened yeah. <laughs> to that's, me. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very real thing. And... Like I said before, it's it's that may happen where things are going perfectly well and then it just changes and you know, some you know, we're just in this day and age where everyone has that hidden folder of pictures and videos where it really made that's you know, so true. Just have to kind of be secure enough to be like, if it gets out, it gets out. And sometimes, it, and most times, it's not happening. It's really for people who are like vengeful and just who have no, you know, no filter. But it's it's a risk that we take. Um, but it shouldn't stop us from, you know. If I know some people who are like, well, I don't have any plans on running for elected office, or you know, so it's like, okay, if it gets out, it gets out. But for some people who are like, uh. I'm trying to do some things or like, you know, it's a secret, right? So like they're in the church or, you know, the, their job. And I wanted to say what Casey was saying earlier about um, finding things. The thing that cracks me up the most when people are exploring whatever they're exploring is that they want to be discreet. Babe, there's no discretion. I mean, you can be discreet, yes, but I see you on that site. Obviously, we're looking for the same thing. Or if I see you in this event, we're looking for the same thing, right? So you're yes. bound. I, I can't tell you how many friends, sorority sisters I've seen on websites. I've seen in events. Like, because your external stuff doesn't define you. We just place our importance on these outside things that we do. But when it comes to when it comes to sexuality and when it comes to who we are, it's done and we're, we're very secretive. We're very shameful. We want to hide it. And so we look for things online thinking that we're the only ones doing it and not really knowing that we have a resource to 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 go to. Um, so, it's like they feel like their world is shutting down when they go to an event and they see someone that they work with. Okay, yes, that's a little bit awkward, but they're getting their rocks off too. Like you're not, you're not you're not special in the sense that it's only you, right? Like so, and I think that with that can hold people up from really moving forward in their exploration. And I just kind of say like, okay. Well, if you saw them here, then, you know, laugh it off and keep it moving. Or you remove yourself from where that person is and you go about 
and get your ass beat. Like, I, come on. Like, exactly, exactly. Don't you don't want <laughs> that stop you. Yes. <laughs> come on. You, look, us talking about this, it, it, it is making me think about the movie I just saw last week. And I don't know how I just saw it only last week when it's been out since like 2017. And I think me and Casey was talking about it last week off camera, like off the radio or whatever. We talked about, um, it's the movie of how Wonder Woman was made. So it's like Dr. Something yes. and the, the story of Wonder Woman. Oh my God, if y'all have not seen that movie, go check it out because it is really along the lines of this conversation that we're having where the doctor, like him and his wife, they they wanted, they had this exploration. They loved, you know, another person and wanted this, this, no, didn't care about what other people thought or felt about the situation. They were in love and they practiced, you know, uh, dominance and submission. And his whole goal was to teach young girls about this arena. BDSM really was what it was through his comic and through the introduction of Wonder Woman. And so it's interesting how he created Wonder Woman with that, that in mind and how we see the, the character today in TV is very different because it was stripped out and, you know, back in the 70s or 80s right. or whatever. But the movie is amazing. And if you want to actually, like, build some confidence around what you're doing, I think that movie is a good thing to watch because they were like, you know what? We love the way we love. We love who we love. We want to do this. This is how we want to live. And they ended up actually being married, all of them, until the day they died the husband died first and then like i'm telling y'all the whole movie go watch it <laughs> but you know what but it's still it's still good I, like is. i love that movie it's still good i love when you can show a different side of things and everything is not just so conventional and missionary and one way life is not that way and i love how he opened his wife up like no you sit here and you do this you go get her and even for me who just the impact i'm like you gotta open up and do that and so i mean but it's such a good movie did you have you seen that jackie i love that movie i think i i haven't seen the movie but i know what you're talking about because i did see like an article about it which intrigued me because i was like i do a lot of work around polyamory also and I was like, ooh, but I haven't seen the movie yet. So I will, I will check that out. Yeah, go it's check it out really for sure. Really good mm-hmm. Check it out. Oh my God. This has been such a great conversation, y'all. This has been super deep. I'm serious. Jackie been giving us all the keys, all the tips, all the tools. I'm telling y'all, this has been amazing. And I think you should just, you know, take a listen, look at your situation, think about what you need, what you don't need, how you can open up sexually in the bedroom with your, your partner, your spouse, or whatever. You know, explore what works for you and your partnership, right? So, um, Jackie, go ahead and tell us some, you know, give us some practical applications, tell our listeners what they can do, what they can take away from this um and just just continue to educate us and just a couple little pointers before we get up out of here okay so really quick i think we really talked a lot about the practical application which is to communicate communication is just the biggest thing um and when i talk about communicate i'm not talking about just talking which is you know obviously what you need to do but really listen to what your partner is saying to to do some active listening and to do active asking, right? Like when your partner says, I like, you know, I like when you suck my breast. And if that's something that you're not like comfortable with, then ask yourself, why, why am I not comfortable with that? That can make that can bring up some things for you that where you the two of you can talk about why and and really like 
get to the healing, right? And 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 being a safe space for your partner to live their truth. Um, so communication, active listening, active questioning, talking, bringing out 20 questions or, you know, something that will allow you all to talk, just to talk. Because you don't, you, you don't realize how much talking can tell you about a person by the responses that they give you and the questions that they ask. Like you could just be going to the grocery store and talking about what you see in the grocery store or or coming up with the story on the people that you're looking at as they walk by in their grocery carts. You know, like it's just talking and and ex- and exploring through sight and sound and voice where you're just learning about that person through their through your senses, right? Like just getting to know them that way. Um and then really have fun. Having fun is what will make the exploration, the spice be even more popping. Like, let's try this new position. We fall on our faces. Let's laugh about it and let's improvise. Okay, we need to get a swing. We need to get a cushion because, you know, things don't work anymore or they may you may have, you know, a limb may be missing or stamina may be gone. Like, it doesn't mean that the sex life is done, right? You can bring in other things that allow you to continue to have fun, um, to be joyful about it. I think those three things are really applicable ways in which everything else falls into place. Um, remember remember the person that you fell in love with and and connecting with them loving on them um being safe with them um and and however the relationship evolves that whatever is what brought the two of you together may change and evolve but it will always come back to home right it'll always come back to center um so communicate talk and have fun i love it yes jackie um tell people how they can follow you get in touch with you um whatever you have available for the people to be able to you know have your contact uh if need be Absolutely. So you can find me um, at Mirrored Vision Coaching. Um, that is my business, Mirrored Vision Coaching. And I am on Instagram, Mirrored Vision Coaching, Facebook, Mirrored Vision Coaching, and my website at www.mirroredvisioncoaching.com. I love it. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. This is Living in Love 24-7, y'all. Go follow Coach Jackie. Go follow Coach Casey. Follow Living in Love 24-7. We love y'all so much. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We hope you have gotten so many gems, so many tools, so many keys out of this, y'all. Have fun. Live your best life. Have some great sex. And we love y'all. Until next time. Peace.